My name is Jordan Rideout. I am the host of Real Talk with Rideout. This is our third episode of the podcast. Um, today we have a very special guest. He is a Wimbledon doubles champion, um, mixed doubles champion, Olympic gold medalist, um, and I'm lucky enough to call him a friend, Jack Sock, um, professional tennis player, um, but he's a, he's a great person as well, and I think he's a role model to a lot of people. He's a young up-and-coming, not even up-and-coming anymore. He's just a, a young professional looking to continue to rise in the ranks of professional tennis, and he has gained the respect of the likes of Federer, Nadal, John Isner, uh, the list goes on. So I'm very, very excited to have Jack Sock on today. Um, once he gets on here, we'll get started. Let me get this sorted. Okay. Until then, um, we will kind of talk about what we're going to go over today. Um, basically, Jack is, is one of those people that has been through a lot of different things, but he's remained humble through the whole thing. And I think um, in today's society, especially with professional sports and, and um, social media, I think the importance of remaining humble is, is very... Um, is losing a little bit of traction in, in our mindsets today. And so I think Jack is a, a very, very um, key component of remaining humble. And, and he's a, a role model to many, not only tennis, young tennis players, but, but I think young athletes across the world. And, and I personally know people that, that I'm just friends with that are now massive Jack Sock fans purely because they knew him when I was younger. Um, and, and basically he's... He's remained the same person since since he was in high school. Um, furthermore, Jack is um, when when you are an athlete that's at the elite level and and you get an injury that's that's very tough on you. And and Jack sustained a pretty tough injury, and so we're going to talk a little bit about how Jack overcame that injury. Um, Jack's requested right here, so I'll give an introduction again. Thank you everyone for joining. Uh, my name is Jordan Rideout. I am the host of Real Talk with Rideout. Um, episode three is going to be a banger of an episode. We have a good friend of mine, um, Wimbledon champion. Um, he's a, a mixed doubles champion, Olympic gold medalist, uh, one, of, one of the most humble professional athletes that I know. So I'm lucky enough to have Jack Sock on the podcast today. So without... What's up, buddy? How you doing? What's up, dude? How you doing, man? Good. You staying safe? Uh, yeah, just doing whatever I was doing, getting outside when I can, um, practicing here and there. They just opened up tennis courts here in uh, North Carolina, so um, able to practice again a little bit, getting some home workouts, all the same, same as everyone else. Yeah. What about you? Spending a lot of time with your family, though, huh? Congrats on your engagement, man. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, we've uh, spent a lot of quality time together. From the uh, injury last year to coronavirus, we uh, a lot of time together. It's been awesome. Good, good. Um, so, so basically, I, I started a podcast about a month ago, and, and I've had a, a couple of very, very uh, impactful people on here, but, but they've all been soccer players. 
soccer coaches and and obviously I know your story very well and, and I'll kind of give a, a little bit about how I know you and then if you don't mind you can give a little bit of bio about yourself and, and who you are and what you've done but but for those out there um, I, I met Jack when I was in middle school um, we became really good friends and and I knew he was a good tennis player he knew I was a good soccer player but it kind of left at that and and um, the, throughout the years we, we remained friends and and a lot of our um, same interests became bigger and bigger and bigger and, and we kind of saw that obviously my path didn't blow up as much as Jack's did in the professional world but we were always there supporting each other and, and his story is one I think a lot of people need to hear so so I'll let you kind of tell about yourself and we can go from there. Yeah um, I appreciate that but um, yeah we my family, um, outside my dad is back in Lincoln, but we moved to Kansas City when I was in fifth grade. Um, and then I started kind of slowly making friends, obviously, in a new city and everything. Um, and Jordan, I feel like, was one of my first, one of my first like, good buddies there, someone that I gelled with. Obviously, I feel like I, I connected with other, other guys who played sports. And um, obviously, I heard about Jordan was a amazing soccer player himself obviously his dad was an amazing soccer player so the family the ride out family there was um was very well known and um i think it's kind of the first family i met even like i think i met your mom early on your brother uh i think it's kind of, yeah. one, of the, it, it, one of the first families i knew kind of early on um and uh yeah we just we we hung out we hung out a lot we got to know each other well um i feel like then through high school obviously i would i'd go soccer games one of my favorite things to go to i was a, a soccer player when I was younger not anywhere near that level but I always enjoyed the sport um and I respected uh, the athlete that a soccer player is and and what goes into it so I always followed um even to into into your professional career I feel like we always kept tabs on each other and, and kept up and um and it's been it's been awesome it's been probably the only handful of guys that I've, I've really kept in touch with since uh kind of high school days and 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 you're definitely one of them so um yeah, it's been uh, since since middle school through uh, the North Levi North Mustang days, and uh, and here we are. It's been real, brother. It's been real. <laughs> it's been crazy. Yeah, it's been crazy. Yeah. Um, so so kind of your background as a as a tennis player. Um, I'll touch on a little bit more, and you kind of hit a lot of our our subjects for today. Different sports and and kind of staying humble. But as a tennis player, you. You, for me, you were you were good, you were good, you were good, and then you, I turned around, and you hit the scenes, and, and you were this pro that was playing against the top players in the world, and and then I think at that point it's it's kind of make or break, and and then you started to win trophies, and you really hit on the scenes. So, I mean, can t kind of touch on on how tennis wise you you came up, and and what what helped you get to the pro level. Yeah, I mean the move the the reason we we ended up in Kansas City um, was for was for a coach there, uh, Mike Wolf, who who kind of became a, a father figure in my life, someone that I, I really got close to. I still talked to him last night. I still talk to um, multiple times a week, and um, yeah, he he was he was the reason we're there. He's kind of he he definitely molded me into the player I am today. Um, I think if I had to give credit to you know a tennis coach. Um, for where I'm at today, it would be because of him for sure. I mean, the amount of hours we spent, to, you know, together on court and at his academy, he ran an amazing academy out of Kansas City and, and still does now, and just at a different club. But um, yeah, the sacrifice my parents made living away from each other, plus his um, knowledge and influence on me, uh, tennis-wise, was um, kind of the perfect 
perfect storm, perfect combination to, to get, I guess, in this position today. Um, but I definitely did it. I definitely did a, a, a different route than most guys, I would say, that end up, you know, in, on the professional scene. Uh, obviously, I was at a normal high school. I was uh, in the classes. A lot of guys would kind of homeschool or even bypass school at an early age. And, and I loved being there. I loved hanging out with everybody. I loved going to watch different sports you guys play, bat, I mean, all of it. And, uh, and then I ended up playing high school tennis for four years. And um, it's definitely towards the end of that. I was still planning on going to college, even um, even my definitely my junior year and then into my senior year. But I think there was just a couple of results that I had, um, especially my senior year at high school at some lower level pro events that kind of shifted my, my mindset to kind of tackle the pro scene earlier than, than I expected. Um, but I guess in, in hindsight, it was a great decision. It was a scary decision, obviously at the time, but it's, it's, you know, it's turned out, it's turned out well. What school would you have gone to? I was going to Nebraska to play with my brother. I was going That's to a shock. Him. You love, you love the Cornhuskers, huh? I know. I know. Oh, I was excited God. to go, man. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so basically when you, you saw these, these lower level pro, pro, pro tournaments that you were actually capable of making it is that when you you really realized okay i can really do this yeah because I, I mean i had i mean i had a good amount of junior success and and i mean i think that that's great and all but when you want to get to that next level and and i think it goes with every sport i mean i think and and i'm not knocking obviously junior tennis anyway it's one of some of the best years of my life i loved it but obviously the level is just it's so different it's kind of boys and then you go to the, the man level and uh Think you can have all the success here that you want, but you know it, it doesn't necessarily always translate into the next level. Um, but so I wasn't, you know, totally sold on myself on on being able to um, go out there and have that success, the same success that I was having. And um, so I did. I went. I went out and I, I ended up winning. Actually, when I was seventeen, I won kind of a, a, the low, first level pro level event. Um, I think I was still a junior or senior in high school and. And that's kind of when I was like, okay, maybe, you know, this is a, a you know, path I could take. And, um, but then at the same time you go and play, you know, that was a, that was a great week for me, but then you kind of go from having that success in the juniors to then going, if you're not winning, to, I mean, you're almost losing every single week. You're used to winning a lot of matches. Now you're, you know, if you play 30 weeks a year, you almost have 30 losses a year. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's a, it's a completely different mentality. So you got to, you got to adjust your playing guys now that even at that, even at that low level, um, they're that starting level pro tennis, you're playing guys that are trying to feed their family that night and they have kids and they're, you know, this is what they've been doing for 10 years already. And you're just a kid out of high school. Like, so it's, it's, it's completely different, uh, completely different world, I feel like, but um, I was happy with the transition I made. For Did sure. you have someone in your corner that was, you know, mentally pushing you on in, in those times when you're losing? 30 matches or was it you yeah i mean i, I mean your family always first and foremost is there i mean they're the ones that you know without them sacrificing being um with the move to kansas city you know it started with that but then having coach wolf i mean he was he was my guy basically until i got here to charlotte and he's still a guy i'll talk to all the time about tennis and the mental side of it and I think you can always grow in that. There's never a cap on or a ceiling on, on, on your, your mental growth and uh, mental strength in a sport, in a business, anything. But um, yeah, he was, he was that guy. I mean, I, I, he would go to, he would go with me to, to a lot of events. And um, if he didn't, I'd get home and we'd either grab dinner or talk on the court for, you know, hours about 
you know, what I was feeling here and, and, you know, at this point in the match and all that. And it just, yeah, it really helped um, kind of help calm you down. Cause I think you can definitely get stressed out, especially when you make this big decision to, to you know, forego college, which I was planning on doing. And then your friends are at college and your, your athletic friends are now playing sports in college and they're having the time of their lives. It looks like, and you're at, you know, playing in some park and some in a random state and, losing to a 35 year old guy who's, you know, yelling vamos in your face. It's like, it's kind of like, what have have I done? What what choice did I make? And then, um, you just got to believe in yourself and keep on pushing on. Yeah. It kind of goes, I mean, I'll give some context for everyone out there that doesn't know this side of it is, I mean, Alarm is going. Jack is live. Uh, <laughs> um, but but in high school, basically, you said a lot of people would be homeschooled, and, and you were to me, you were a normal person. You're going, like you said, you're going to the games, and and I don't think anyone really realized the level of tennis player you were in high school because you weren't someone that was going around telling everyone. It was just you kind of hear it when you hear it, and and then so so I think. Again, I think that the subject that I want to get into now is the importance of remaining humble because you were always the same person I ever knew when, when you were 14, when through high school, when you were, when I was in college and you were starting to go through the pro ranks and, and now. And, and I mean, I think in today's, in today's athletics world, almost even like these, these youth kids, when, when you make it, they, they think that they have some sort of, of right or ego. And, and for you, I think you're continuous growth as a pro is is a big part of you remaining humble and staying true to who you are yeah i think um yeah i, I think the, i think it, the, the dynamic of the whole thing has changed a little bit i think um like i kind of said before i think when you have some success at, at the you know the beginning stages of your sport the junior level the amateur level i guess you would say um i think that i think I don't know when we were coming up, even, even when we were coming up to now, I think it's changed a little bit. You didn't, the social media stuff wasn't as big. The hype around people, you know, wasn't as big. Of course, it was more like newspaper articles and, and, and local news stations, you know, pick up things. But um, now it kind of blows my mind that these, some of these, um, these guys are amazing at their sport, of course. And then they're, you know, they're in high school, they're teenagers, they're amazing at their sports, but the hype around them, these kids have millions of followers on Instagram and, like these basketball players coming up and, and these other, these football players. And it's, um, which is amazing, but, but I feel like until you prove that at that next level, um, you know, that you, that you can be there at it, the, the hype is, the hype is almost too much. And I think it, it, it can definitely mess with, with kids' heads. So I'm honestly fortunate enough that, that maybe the social media stuff wasn't, you know, it was kind of beginning. I feel, you know, when we were, when we were coming up, Facebook was kind of still the main thing. There wasn't Instagram really wasn't there as much. And, mm-hmm. um, and all these other outlets but yeah i think um i think i'm fortunate in that sense because i think if it was today's kind of world with the social media and, and everything i think uh it might have been a lot more difficult to kind of navigate through all that because it would have just been so crazy with uh whether it's you in soccer or, or me in tennis or or any you know any of our buddies that we know in sports but it's um it's definitely something to deal with and um yeah i mean it's it's uh, i think it's a difficult time these days so I'm definitely fortunate that we weren't uh, necessarily in that. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, I know when I was younger, I probably could have gotten in trouble about a few of the things I posted. But I, I see, I see both sides of it because 
I mean, for example, now you, you use your social media and I think you are, are inspiring and, and not just young, but, but people like me as a coach, I think you inspire me a lot. And, and so it can go either way in that aspect. But, but one of my buddies, Cody Lorendi said it, he said, I think a lot of people, you have to look at them and you have to see, are you happy that you have the tracksuit on or is that just the start? And, and basically I think for, for myself and I, I think for you as well, it's the continuous thought of, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet compared to the thought of, wow, I actually made it. I, I, there's the difference of, are you going to have a career or are you going to just get there and then fall off? Um, right. And, and I mean, you, you, you kept growing, you kept growing, you kept growing and, and you were able to, to lift a, a trophy. And, and so, I mean, even when you lift a trophy, I, I go and hang out with you and, and nothing changes. And I think that's, I've seen a lot of different people at, at, in different sports change a lot when they do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, I, I've I've definitely had my firsthand experience of that as well. But yeah, I think that was that was large in part to to Coach Wolf and, and definitely my parents. I mean, um, I th yeah, I don't, it, I don't know. I was always I think I was always a little different too. I think when I when I won a trophy, I was happy for like uh, even the juniors. You know, you, you win you win a title, you win a tournament. I was happy for like my for my parents, um, and I was happy for my family because they sacrificed a lot. I was happy for Coach Wolf for the hours he put in. I wasn't necessarily like pat myself on the back. I was more happy for the people around me, the people that, you know, made it possible for me to be there. And then I wanted that feeling again. So then that would kind of motivate me to go do that again. I never really like, never really got highs of highs off the wins and lows of lows off the losses. I just wanted to like, you know, make them happy, I guess. I think that is incredibly admirable. And a lot of people need to hear something like that because you're doing it for more than yourself. And, and, when you're doing it for your family, then your family is, is that much more connected to you and, and it becomes more than just a sport. It's actual love for the game. So that, that's something that I think a lot of people, including myself, needed to hear. It's, it's very cool. Yeah, appreciate it. A little, little change of pace. All um, right. <laughs> so one of my good friends, um, he actually passed a few years ago, uh, Kurt Korver, his brother, obviously Kyle Korver, basketball yeah. player. Um, we, had, we went to college together, um, one of my best friends. We had a, a, a debate and Kirk was 6'6", six, six, big old feet, and, and he claimed to me that he would be able to play soccer at D1 level better than I would be able to play basketball at the D1 level. And so you and I obviously had rec team sports together. I know that you can ball in the soccer field. I know you can ball in the bowling. You, you were just an athlete. So I want you to answer this question. Do you think that a soccer player could easily play basketball or a basketball player could easily play soccer? Um, I think, um, I think the soccer player could probably transition as long as they have some sort of shot, like a feel with this. I think that a soccer player could probably translate to basketball more because the footwork's already there. The, like the fitness level, the lung capacities are there. You guys, I mean, you run up and down the field all the time. So short bursts won't be as tough. You guys have the short bursts of the ball, the change of direction, all that. So that's there. I think it. I'm trying to imagine like a, a big a big basketball player to be able to run up and down a field for an but entire game for ninety you can minutes. Make LeBron a soccer player? No, I mean yeah, I mean if you could, that would be amazing. But I think, oh man, I don't know. I think as long as you have some sort of some sort of shot you can work with, I think a soccer player would translate would translate more. I just think that out uh, of the footwork just comes to mind and 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 the lung capacity, the athleticism to, to move around the court. I just think 
and I think most of the time when you grow up doing this your whole life, kind of the upper body, like eye hand coordination, then you're like feet eye coordinations is not going to be there. I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it many times. Yeah. People try to play. I've seen, yes, I've seen some of the best athletes try to kick a soccer ball or drill, and it's, it's not pretty. So I'm going to go with soccer players to basketball, probably easier. So, so you at tennis, you have both the feet and the hands. I've, I've seen you play soccer and, and I'll let everyone know you can ball, but if you were to play, let's say you're playing for LA Galaxy, what position would you be? I mean, I, don't know. I grew up as a defender. My I grew up as a, when I was younger, but I think now, um, I mean, I think in tennis, one thing that I pride myself on is quickness and speed and, and getting around the court. So, I guess nowadays, maybe I see myself more potentially midfield, or I don't, I don't know, about, I don't know if I'd go much as a striker, but I don't. I mean, you can probably answer me. I think if you if you got like a good you know a good amount of speed if quickness is you know kind of kind of an attribute plus i think i got a pretty big foot like i, I could clear the ball pretty well maybe de maybe defending then still I don't know. Old, old right back you can run <laughs> there it is that's <laughs> why that's why i was in the uh toddler <laughs> in uh, what, junior soccer what uh if you could play pro one other sport what would it be golf for sure oh really yeah i just i i've grown to love golf so i like it's it's I mean, my dad played his whole life growing up and played college golf. But yeah, now if I get if I get a spare couple hours or a spare you know day a day off, um, that's that's my that's my go to if I can. Okay, so tell me about um, Jack Sock Enterprises. I saw something about you have Arabian horses. Or <laughs> yeah, our family. My mom. Uh, my mom grew up with with horses. She's always, it's always been a uh, definitely a passion of hers. Um, I've I've definitely grown to to love them and, and respect kind of the animal they are. And you don't realize, you know, these beat, I mean, these things are beasts and, and then being around them. And, and now, um, now, now we're breeding and, and kind of raising horses and, um, and I mean, it's more in Kansas city. So I'm not there as much now, but when I was there, we'd go check on them all the time. And my mom goes out to the barn almost every, almost every day, probably my brother's out there, but um, yeah, I just kind of gotten into the, the horse business, I guess a little bit and, and, for the love of it, you know, slash the kind of business fun side of it, where you're able to compete and, and raise them and, and uh, kind of train them all that. So, so literally everything you do is almost based off your family, some sort, huh? Uh, yeah, I think, I think a lot, I think a lot of it is. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say, yeah, the love of the Huskers came from, you know, my family I and mean, I was born in Lincoln, but yeah, every, I mean, everything's kind of comes full circle to, to the family. Yeah, that self-sacrifice where they sacrificed back when you were growing up, and now you're kind of showing that now. That's very yeah, cool. exactly. Um, so, so when you got injured um, recently, it was obviously uh, something that this that was rough in your career, and and for me, it was kind of someone that's watching from the outskirts. It was hard to see you want to be out there so bad, but obviously not be able to. And I mean, you're someone that that doesn't go and show all your emotions the time and you kind of keep your your life private which which i appreciate a lot um but but if you don't mind how did you know the the process of the injury and overcoming it affect you you know mentally physically and emotionally yeah i think um i think anytime a, an athlete in any in any sport at any level you know gets injured i think it's the initial the initial shock and i mean not depression but you're just so down like you're just you're just like wow i can't I think it's when that when those doctors or someone tells you, you know, you're out, you're going to be out for you know an extended period of time. You know, we've all done the you know two weeks off, three weeks off. You know, that's that's 
in your mind, you're like, okay, just a little bit. But then when you hear months on end or, uh, and especially for something, I mean, my thumb, you wouldn't think your thumb, you know, is like so crucial. But then when you learn how much you use your thumb for with life in general, um, yeah, it was, it was crazy when I heard and they said, you know, this could take about six months to be full. And I was like, for, for my, like I tore these two ligaments and even to this day, it's still a little swollen around, around the, uh, around the joints, but um as long as i can use it for for what i need it for to hold the racket and, and normal life things um i was good with it so but it definitely it took it took way longer um than i expected i guess and um and then even when you get back from it it's just crazy like I, you have the surgery and obviously you can't do anything for a while but then as much as q-tipping your ear you can't even hold on to the thing that you know as well and you can't twist the you know bottle cap and i was just like what is going on and um but I think as, as, as hard as it was and as, as much as it sucked to be away from the tour and from competing, which I, you know, I, I love the most about the sport is just going out and competing and um, going to battle against someone. I think as hard as that was, I think it was honestly one of the biggest blessings as well, because personally in my life, I wouldn't have been, you know, in this position, which um, I mean, for, for Laura and I, we spent, you know, so many, so much time together last year. And, and like I said, it's kind of, it's kind of weird because we kind of just felt like we kind of just did the, you know, our, our injured version of, of quarantine where, you know, I was able to do anything. I wasn't able to travel or play or anything. So we spent all this time together last year and, and now doing it again, which is, again, another blessing because um, now we've. Hate you yet? What's that? She doesn't hate you yet? <laughs> no, I'm surprised, honestly. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's kind of as hard as it was at the time, there's always a reason for things. And um i think that was kind of you know god's way of saying you guys spend this time together and now um we're getting married in december and i think without that time without that injury for for whatever reason it happened uh we wouldn't be you know probably in this position to do that so you got to take positives out of things of course um it, as hard as it is to see the beginning it's it's definitely you're kind of like why why now when you know was playing all right or you're excited to play and the season just starting and um but yeah, like I said, I wouldn't, wouldn't be in this position personally in my life um, if it wasn't for that. So um, I'm fortunate in that sense. Is there, is there times that you doubted that you would get back to it, to where you were or, or you just kind of focused on, on getting back to there? I mean, for, for sure. Um, I mean, I think that the whole, the whole kind of, can even say downfall. I mean, from 2017 where I kind of, you know, I peaked at my career high, my best singles win. Um, the end of 2017 and then 2018 was kind of that first real like target on your back when you're you know top 10 player in the world everybody wants to beat you everybody wants a top 10 win and um, I didn't go into that season probably as as prepared as I should have been um, it was just a lot of different things finishing later than normal making the year in finals in 2017 and yeah not having the the same amount of time that I usually do to get ready and so I went into 2018 was, was, was terrible. And then, um, you know, results wise, I didn't win many matches at all and all that. And then all of a sudden you start 2019 and get injured and now you're out for six months. It's just like, and I think that's when, that's when, um, that's what the, the, definitely the, the lowest my confidence has been, um, which I would say I've always been confident in myself, not in, and I would never say it in, in a arrogant way, but I've always had the, the belief in myself to go out and win matches and beat, you know, beat players. Um, and this was the first time I started doubting myself, which really kind of tricked my mind. I was, it was the first time I would go out. And even when I go out on court after I got back from injury last year, at the end of the year, I'd be going out on court and second guessing myself 
which I hadn't done since I probably started the sport, you know, and so it definitely took a long, took a lot of time for me to, to get back mentally where I wanted to be. And, and then, um, I found a, a coach here who was actually an ex player. Um, I actually played once when in, in 2012, but now, now he's coaching me and he's really, really helped along with, like I said, coach Wolf, I still talk to all the time, but he's really gotten my mind back to where I believe in myself again. And we put in the hours and the work to where now I actually, I'm almost more confident now than maybe I ever was. And so that feeling of winning after you came back from your injury, explain that feeling coming, coming through everything. And then finally, you know, winning that, that title. Yeah, I think, um, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, last year I had the, the thumb to start the year and then I tried to come back for in the summer and then all of a sudden my back started, started killing me. And then I learned that I had a, um, kind of like a, a disc out of place in my back. And so then basically, basically 2019 was a wash for me. I played. I got a phone call. Sorry. Played maybe five events last year and, and they didn't go well at all. And then, um, like I said, we put that work in and my confidence started finally building and like in a, we took an extended off season training and, and then, yeah, to, to make, I mean, it was, it's a chat. It was, you know, it's a challenger in tennis, which is the kind of the level below the tour, but obviously you got to play those when you have no ranking now you've been injured. So, but even for me to, to play that and to, to get, to get to the finals of that event, it was probably the last match played before coronavirus hit and everything was canceled. And, uh, we were the last match to play, but then to be in that final, even at that point to hold a second place trophy and, and, and to even be a runner up, I was just like, I, yeah, it, it gave me all the confidence in the world again. So now that I'm, and now I'm eager and, and so excited to get back and I have that belief again in myself that with just that one result and in that one week, I, you know, I know I can get back to where, you know, I, I can be. So you think this coronavirus made you hungry and hungrier? It's, it's kind of even paused it more. Yeah, I think, I mean, honestly, I think without, without that result right before, um, I mean, it was definitely, it was the week leading into coronavirus when, when everything got canceled. So I think without that week, without that result, um, I might've been in this during this whole quarantine and in lockdown, I could have been, you know, second guessing myself again, but with that, with that result, it definitely, um, is, I think it's going to propel me, you know, when we all come out of this and, and sports resume and, and especially tennis, I think I'm going to be, uh, I'm definitely excited to play. I think this is, um, I mean, I miss it a lot. I miss competing. I miss getting out there and playing. So, um, yeah, that, that one result really kind of changed things for me. Confident, hungry Jack Sock coming back. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm excited. It's going to be good to see. You're going to have a lot of fans. And, and I mean, I tell you, I, I'm excited to see your success. Um, I appreciate it. So, I want to talk a little bit about a story I remember vividly. Um, you, you randomly were playing Uno on your Instagram, and, and I'm looking, and I'm thinking, is that is that Gerard Piquet from Barcelona? And then, so I, I I messaged you, and I said, I'm pretty sure it's Gerard Piquet, and you were like, who's that? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> and I, said, I, I said, point across the room, and that's him. And and so we kind of talked about it a little bit more, and he he was asking who it was. He's like, oh, that was pretty cool, and I was like. He's married to Shakira, and then you got a little bit interested, which is funny. <laughs> um, but, I mean, from my opinion, like, that's on the same level as, as I mean, Nadal, who, who you're playing against all the time. But that, that's elite, elite, elite. And, and to see one of my, my good friends playing Uno with Gerard is insane. So how often do, 
I know you're friends with Odell Beckham Jr. and you've got a few big time friends. How often do you kind of get out to, to see other, other players in other sports? Um, not as much as I'd like, honestly. Um, I mean, that, that Uno thing was, was funny. That was kind of the game. That was kind of the game of the week and uh, there at Davis Cup. And, and um, so, so Davis Cup is, is a team event with, with um, countries and tennis that play each other. And um, I didn't realize how big of a tennis fan um, Gerard Piquet was. And so he's actually a, uh, like a, he's a part owner, investor now in Davis Cup. That's what, so now it's in Madrid. Um, and they just play um, at the end of the year. Now it's kind of the last week of the season for us in November. And um, so he's there kind of floating around the tournament, checking on things um, as I think a big investor in it now. And, uh, and play, we played that game and then I looked him up on Instagram and realized that he was, he was following me and I had no idea. So I had to follow him back on Instagram that after that. And it was, uh, it was, it was awesome. I didn't, I mean, I, I know, I definitely know soccer. I know players and, um, I know I know the big players and, and I know the name, but yeah, I guess then to be sitting there you know, playing cards with him and at the level, you know, he's, he's playing at and, and played at and the things he's accomplished. It was, uh, it was definitely surreal. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy, but, um, yeah, there's been a few, few kind of, you know, run-ins like that where, you know, unexpected, like I said, Odell was, it was at a match of mine in 2016 at the U S open and, uh, we ended up going to a, a Kanye concert the the day after in Madison Square Garden together. So uh, with a group of people, so it's stuff like that. You just you, that those are kind of the moments where I'm you're just like yeah. very eye opening. Like wow, I, I you can't kind of can't believe I'm here. But um, yeah, just blessed, blessed and fortunate for for some of those some of those amazing moments. I mean, I'm trying to imagine myself sitting next to Adele Beckham Jr. <laughs> are you kidding me? No, it was it was crazy. Um, I, I won't take too much too much more of your time, but yeah, you're but good, I, man. I, I just want to kind of finish with with kind of how you mentally approach um, not just tennis, but kind of your life and, and moving forward and staying. I mean, confident and and basically not taking any steps back because I know. Again, I, I talk about soccer a lot, but but mental is it's all about the mental and, and the ups and the downs. Um, and I mean, go, you can kind of get into that for me. Yeah, I think um, I think it's kind of crazy. I think um, I think that the mental side of it all kind of changes. Actually, you know, obviously, the more years you have, the older you get. And I don't want to call us old the age we're at, but you know, when when you grow and, and you mature and, and things in your life change, I mean, you know the way I'd approach it, you know, maybe at 21 as, you know, 21 in, in single and you're just out on tour and um, you're kind of enjoying life. Uh, and then now, you know, having some accomplishments under your belt, having that experience under your belt, having those years on tour and, and now engaged and, and now you have things, you know, obviously that are, that are bigger than tennis that you, you focus on as well at the same time, obviously. Um, doesn't necessarily take away from your career and, and what you're trying to accomplish, but um, I don't know. I'd say I'd say I'm, I'm more just at peace now, and uh, so I kind of approach it differently. Is 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 I know you know I know the work I need to put in. I know the level of you know the level of work and and training you need to put in. And I think when you're younger, you're still learning and you're still like trying to figure things out. And now you kind of just know the routine and you go you have your hours set out in the day. You just go get your work done, and then from there you're you know you you now I'm, you know, planning a wedding and, and, um, you know, there's a lot of different, you know, a lot of different factors now. And, 
um, you know, in a different city now and, and start a life here. So, um, yeah, the preparation stuff might be a little different. I think when you're younger, you might, you know, put your body through more and more and more, you know, stress and, um, you kind of beat it down more and now you kind of tailor it to, you know, you've been on tour and your hips hurting a little bit, your knees are hurting, you've had some injuries, um, as you know. So I think you approach things a little different. You kind of, you, you know, like I said, you know, the level of training you need to put in to, to feel good on court and to give yourself the best chance of having success. Um, but I think it's definitely tailored, um, and changed a little bit the more years you have, you know, in your sport. So, so to kind of relate to some of my guys, um, go back to a 21 year old Jack and you know, there's the, some of my players, for example, have this um, individual pressures inside that they put on themselves of, I gotta be pro, why am I not pro yet? It needs to happen now. And, and so, I mean, I obviously went through that a little bit myself, but, but if you could go back and tell yourself something about the pressures of putting, I need to be at this level right now when you were young, what, what would you tell yourself? Um, Honestly, I would just be to say, have, you know, take a deep breath. I think we could all we can all say that. Um, yeah, I think I think in tennis, I was I was I was again I was fortunate that at the age group that we're at, and in tennis, we had probably a group of five or six guys that were, you know, probably all had those same pressures. But then at the same time, we were able to to build off each other and and kind of motivate each other. So it wasn't as individualized as tennis is, um, especially in U.S. tennis, I feel like there's always a group of guys that kind of go off like your your age and your birth year. So we were the 92s, um, you know, coming up at that, you know, that young age, and we were able to push each other. So it wasn't necessarily like, you know, the all of the pressure of U.S. tennis is on one person. It was kind of, you know, divided amongst a couple of guys to see who, you know, kind of who's going to make it. And so for me, that was kind of a competition in itself to, I want to be that guy to break through um, of our age group and, and to get to that highest ranking and to achieve, you know, win the titles that we're all playing for, you know, the same week. So, um, but yeah, I mean, if I was able to go back and tell myself, I just say, take a deep breath and, and kind of um, take it all in, learn as much as you can, pick as many people's brains as you can. Um, and I think that's what I've been able to do um, over the years, kind of more and more as you mature a little bit, I think at, you know, at 21, I think we all think we know everything and, you know, you go out there and you're going to make it no matter what, but, you know, reality sets in and, and you got to learn from other people and people that have been there and done it. Um, mm -hmm. And that's kind of what you're able to do with a couple of the older guys, the, the, the Isners and, and these type of guys, the Bryans, I've been able to learn a lot from and um, kind of apply and I'm uh, happy with how it's gone for sure. That's a, that's a very good answer. And I think you touched on, on kind of, I mean, like you said, it's an individual sport, but it's not. And, and you had teammates in a way that, that you were kind of, you know, pushing each other to, to get there and, I think uh, something that I like to touch on in a team sport is that your brother's success needs to equal your success. So you need to be as excited for him as you are for yourself. Right. When you have that mindset, you're all pushing each other and you're going to get to that, to that level. hundred percent. I like that a lot. Um, so, I mean, I think we've, we've touched on a, a lot of big issues that, that I think not only soccer in general, but athletics is, is needs to hear. Um, and, and a lot of it isn't basically the sport in, in general and how good you are at the sport, because I think naturally you're going to be good at a sport and you're going to work to get there. And if you don't have that work rate, you're not going to get there in the first place. Um, but, but so much of it comes from the brain. And, and like you, you have so many different things outside of tennis, like your family, golf, your, your horses. And, and I think you need to kind of look back and see that it, it's 
more about life than just soccer, just tennis itself. And, and if you if you literally die down to everything is hit or miss and, and it's going to be happy if you have a good day on the field or not, um, that, that, that pressure is going to build up and, and really not help you get to that next level. Um, but but in, in reality, uh, when I have someone of, of your stature on, on a podcast, but, but when you talk the way you do and, and how humble you are, I think – for me, that that's something that I want to show all my my players um, and my followers, and, and it's very admirable. And like I said, you haven't changed since we knew each other at 14 years old. Playing kickball, I would see him I wrote that on this sheet. Tell Jack if he remembers. We were at Blue Valley North in the gymnasium. I was on the exact opposite side, and I said, "I bet you can't hit me with one tennis ball." And I'm running across, and you beamed me, and I had it. <laughs> So big on my <laughs> lucky that, shot, lucky shot. But that's the type of, of kids that you you and I were. I felt yeah. We had we had rec team sports together, but we were literally in rec team sports like five hours a day because we were going English class and math. Class. <laughs> literally, <laughs> took it every semester. Every semester we could, we were in rec team. Literally, because <laughs> we love sports that much. But yeah, it's funny. It's funny. Um, well, look, like this is is something that. I mean, I, I get to sit down and talk to people who, who I want to talk to and, and to be able to have you on and, and call you a friend is, is something that, that I'll cherish, not because of who you are on the tennis court, because who you are as a person. So I really appreciate you sitting down and, and that, look, to you and Laura, I wish you all the best. And, and Yeah, appreciate and, it, man. Now, I appreciate you having me on and, and taking the time. I'm, I'm happy to talk anytime and um, obviously, no, we're, we're brothers for life. So um, and when I get back to the Midwest, we're definitely going to. Definitely gonna kick it and, and play some golf or something or, or get some dinner or whatever, whatever we can. All right, you got a hungry, humble, best <laughs> forehand in the in the <laughs> right back at you after this quarantine. So everyone yeah. take take a look at Jack Sock and watch his career continue to, to skyrocket because he's a great person. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, man. You're the man, Jordy. Thank you, brother. Love you All too. Right. Peace, bro. Peace.